Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning Winning drive. Wow, I think a lot of people were frustrated about the situation in terms of they were getting to the red zone, they were getting, you know, um, close enough, but they weren't scoring touchdowns, they were scoring field goals. It feels like they're finally trying to come to fruition in terms of what it is that they want to do. Coming into that game, and we talked about this last week, um, the Lions, I believe, DVOA on defense was fourth overall so I mean they were toted very highly now I always question how good are they because of the schedule that they had but I also understand that the schedule is the schedule and there's nothing you can do about that right Uh, but ultimately the Ravens definitely um, offensively handled their business against a team that coming into M&T Bank Stadium was toted to be very good on defense particularly at the front seven position. So when you look at this offense and, and you start looking at who they play down the stretch, because they're going to have to play the Steelers again. They're going to have to play the Browns again. And we know, look, they were successful against the Browns, right? And who have one of the better defenses as well. They also have to play, you know, San Francisco. So these teams that are known to have decent defenses, when you look at what this offense did on Sunday against what was supposed to be a good defense. How confident are you about them moving down the stretch? I mean, you got to feel confident about them. Now, I don't know how confident you should be that that's the offense you're going to see every week. I mean, that that still remains to be seen. Um, this offensive line has had their warts at times this year, but they looked really good against that Lions front, which had been so dominant 
to this point. And we've talked about this a couple of times, Rita, just um, this team playing to the level of their competition. I wonder, can this offense, can them as a team, but defense has been there every week. I, I'll, I'll kind of leave them out of it. But offensively, can they stay as, can they go into that Arizona game as pumped up to play the Cardinals as they were to play the Lions? I don't know. It's it's a it's a huge difference going from playing a team that was what five and one had the one of the top defenses in the league to now going out to Arizona playing a one win team. I mean, it's easy to fall. Oh, it's very scrappy, by the way. I mean, yeah, you scrappy. know, like it's not that they're getting blown out. They're no, they're hanging around. You not know, at all. I mean, that that Cardinals team is better than I think a lot of people anticipated. Um, we all thought that the Cardinals were going to be the worst team in the league, and their record is down there. But I don't think I agree with you. Watching them this year, they are scrappy. Um, so I can't. I, I'm I'm wondering, can this offense stay engaged? Can they stay locked in? Can they? You know, go and repeat those uh, that do- that dominant performance. And Lamar, we talked to him after the Lions game, and like I said, looking at him at the podium, you wouldn't have been able to know that they had just won the game. You know, and his big thing was consistent, staying consistent, not wanting this to be a one-off. And there are a couple of things that we saw on Sunday that I think that they need to try to incorporate into the offense as much as possible to do to replicate uh, that success. Number one. The threat of Lamar as a runner is just the ultimate cheat code. I yep, mean, thanks. we talk about the tush push and how much of a cheat code that is. Lamar tucking the ball in is just as uh, as much of a cheat code as that, to be honest with you, because all 11 on the defensive side of the ball have to respect him as a runner. runner. Yep. They have to. So you can run that type of play that they hit on to Mark Andrews, the type of play where Gus Edwards, I think, kind of went rogue and did his own thing, but it ended up working out. That type of stuff is going to be there for them every single time Lamar leaves the pocket. They have to force defenses to play honest because that puts the defense in an impossible situation on whether or not they're truly going to respect the one receiver that's going down the field, or are they going to look at Lamar Jackson in the open field, who's arguably the most dangerous open field runner in this league? Um, another thing that I feel like they need to do that they did on Saturday, um, they were able, I mean, first of all, the wide receivers did a great job. And John Harbaugh talked about this. I think it was, I think it was John Harbaugh that talked about this after the game. Um, just the fact of, oh, I think he talked about this on Monday, actually them be receivers running their routes uh as as precise and as strong as they did even when they're not getting the ball because that opens up a lot of that stuff down the field you think about the first play of the game where Lamar hit Zay on that deep uh end route I mean if it's not for the uh the the slot guy running his fly and really selling it to clear that area out Zay's not as open as he was and then you think about a couple of plays later where Bateman had got hit on that curl route. Harp said that Bateman was the fifth option on that play. You know, so to right. even so for Lamar to A, make that read and get all the way over to his fifth option, but also for your receiver who knows he's the fifth option on the play to go out there and run his route the way that he did to still get open. That's the type of stuff you need. I do wonder if these receivers have been as engaged 
uh, as they were on Sunday the rest of the season. It's been times where you don't feel like guys are running their routes to the best of their ability. It does sometimes feel like guys aren't locked in throughout the course of the game. That was case in point in the Steelers game where you have all those drops. That's just a byproduct of not locking in and not focusing. Um, but I, I also think the offensive line, which, like I said, has been a little shaky. They they were pretty stout on on, on uh, Sunday. And if they can do that against that Lions front, I don't think there's any reason why they can't do that to pretty much any front that they face. Um, but they did a great job of just staying on schedule. The running game was there even outside of Lamar, Gus Edwards, and Justice Hill. I think combined for about 110 yards or so just for themselves. Uh, before, and that's without Lamar's 35 or whatever, however many yards uh, he had on the ground. So um, it, it was just a bad product of guys doing their part, not waiting for Lamar to come save the day. Offensive line, not hoping that Lamar just makes three guys miss in the backfield. Wide receivers, not just waiting for Mark Andrews or Zay Flowers to get theirs. Um, I, I just, I just like the fact that everybody out there decided to. Uh, make something happen on their own, carry their weight. And if that's going to be the case, I think this Ravens offense is going to be tough to stop week in and week out. And also Todd Munkin called the plays like he did. I mean, the creativity was there. They hit the Lions where it hurt. It seemed like they didn't really give the Lions a break. They didn't go away from what was working. I thought the red zone play calling was phenomenal. I've been begging for Lamar Jackson runs in the red zone in every trip. And that's what we got. There should never be a red zone trip that the Ravens offense has to where Lamar Jackson doesn't get a carry. That that to me is malpractice. So long story short, do what you did against the Lions. And I think <laughs> long story short, didn't want to hold you, but <laughs> <All right. laughs> yo, Trey, Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A. Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier. And we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. No, I, I completely agree with you. My favorite thing about what we saw on Sunday was just essentially how, like you said, they had to respect Lamar as a runner, and yet Lamar was continuously looking down the field and, and making plays. The play to Project Pat, Pat Ricard, was mm -hmm. one that, you know, was great because the, the everybody's coming up. They think that he's running, and yet, you know, he throws the ball to Ricard. Another one, um, the one that you talked about for Andrews, that was similar to the one that we saw last year in the New Orleans game yep. with Isaiah Likely. Yeah. Um, being the person on the other side of that. I would love to see more of that. Make mm -hmm. people respect you as a runner, but make them respect you as a passer. I mean, you are literally putting these defenses in conflict when you are doing those types of things, shifting and moving, you know, acting as if you're a runner. 
and then yet moving the ball down the field. So I, I, this offense, to me, the sky is the limit. Or what Michael Jordan said, the ceiling is the roof. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to, you know, what it is that they can do. And, it, it yes, it does obviously start with Lamar as well as that offensive line. But just being in sync with guys, um, I definitely think it's important. I did see Kurt Warner mention that, mm-hmm. oh, you know, he, he kind of was like it's still – some things they still look junky and clunky. clunky and clunky. Um, and I think I do understand what he's trying to say because mm-hmm. there, there's still some spacing issues that needs to be worked out. And I've, again, I've always contested, like there's probably certain guys that are allowed to run some options. And so at times you're, you're going to see two guys in the same area. That's going to happen. And I think that that can be cleaned up. Um, but overall, you know, the I think the biggest thing for this offense has been consistency. It's not, you know, yes, the, I, I'm not saying that that won't be a factor moving forward in terms of having guys in the same area. I mean, you definitely want to fix those types of things. But ultimately, you got to catch the passes that hit your hands. You got to make the plays. And I think that that's something that, that um, to me is the biggest factor, as well as, um, not being so conservative, because at times we've seen this offense get conservative, particularly in the second half. And so I feel like Todd Munkin is hearing all of these things in terms of like people talking about the conservativeness of this game um, and when the second half starts. And it felt like that they were more balanced and more consistent um, in that second half. And they kept their foot on the gas uh, against them as well. Oh, didn't even mention the Gus Edwards um, throw as well, because it was very similar to what we talked about with uh, Pat Ricard and Mark Andrews so because I think a lot of people think that that was a run no that's a pass play you know what I mean like it it was because as I went back and rewatched the game uh um Zay is out running a route as well I mean I think it was just the RPO I don't know if if Gus was I don't know if Gus had a route I think Gus kind of did that on his own yes but yeah I I do I I think it, it was a RPO play and also to your point of, uh, I'm sorry, uh, to, to um, Kurt Warner saying that it was clunky. He was talking about the space. And there are a couple of examples of that. I mean, you look at Odell's first catch. I believe it was his first catch. There's like three receivers in that yes. space. Odell just comes and pretty much intercepts the ball. Yes. Uh, but I, and I know exactly the play that you're yeah. I do think that that play was made for Odell. But there, is it Mark Andrews or Zay? Somebody's striking down the field yeah. in the same area. And to the point where – when you first see it live, you're like, was that ball supposed to be for Odell or the mm-hmm. dude that was going down the field? And I do think that when I looked at the replay, it does look like it's for Odell. But like you said, they're too close and they just do have to find a way to get a little separation there in that regard. Luckily for the Ravens, it worked out perfectly. But I agree with you that, you know, I understand some of the concerns about the spacing. And I think that that's something that they'll, they'll be able to get better as the season goes along.